This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. Looking through red and black lenses, it's In the Red with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. I think we've got him with us now, uh, Justin Marshall. G'day, mate. Um, how are you doing? Yeah, hopefully you can hear me, Ricardo. Let's just uh, make sure that we, we can and so can yep. our listeners. So uh, give me I've the got little... You. Hey, mate. Yeah, I've got you. <laughs> there we go. There we go, mate. Uh, I was just Beautiful. saying, as I was as I was padding and, and, and filling time there, waiting for you to connect, uh, that, uh, you know, I thought... You know the Crusaders have have done what the Crusaders do. You know they they uh, they were thirteen nil down, thirteen minutes in, and the Highlanders were starving them of possession, but they found a way. And now we're two games into the season, and they're looking pretty good. I mean the Brumbies are ahead of them, but only you know due to the fact that the Brumbies uh, who who have they played? <laughs> yeah, and and nice to start off the show with a bit of a chip towards the Aussies, mate. Um, but absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Look, uh, there's there's no doubt that uh, the Crusaders. They just have uh, this mojo and this culture of knowing when they need to, to press the, the button to go. And I, I think uh, both rounds have been pushed by both the Hurricanes and by the Highlanders. But at, at crucial moments of the game, you know, you've got players within that mix that don't let games get away from them and they make sure that when they need to find an answer, uh, they find it. And look, the game against the Highlanders the other night was a classic example. I, I was doing the, the commentary for Sky Sport and I think two or three times I said, they look a bit stunned. They look a bit shell-shocked. They look like what they have been receiving they weren't expecting from the Highlanders and all of a sudden they were down on the scoreboard and then out of nowhere, they get one sniff of an opportunity, whether the opposition gives it to them or they find a way out of their own accord to get the, their way into the game. They strike with such precision. You know, it's like, wow, bang. Just when we thought that this game was a night off for the Crusaders, they find a way and they go bang, bang. And then all of a sudden, the scoreboard is almost back to where it was at the start of the game. You've got parity. So... Um, that's the problem that you have when you play them. They they have this ability to uh, feel like you've, you're on top of them, feel like you've got them on a bad day. But actually, unless you're having a day where you can keep going and keep them completely shut out of the game, they're always going to be there. I think it says a lot too, doesn't it, about um, Scott Robertson's coaching ability because mm-hmm. this is the second week in a row where we've seen a team 
find a way of making life difficult for the Crusaders. And, uh, you know, against against the Hurricanes, I think it was the way they executed their line-out really quickly to stop uh, Whitelock and Barrett's setting and reading the plays. They came up with that, and then in the second half, they, you know, in the sheds, they came up with, with a way of countering it, and we saw the same against the Highlanders. Um, so on the fly, in terms of having a plan B, a plan C, being able to tweak his system and, and get the players to do what he wants to counter what the opposition coaches are doing. Scott Robertson's proving to be tactically very astute. And his belief, you know, his players believe in the fact that they can face adversity and fight back. And, you know, I go all the way back to, to our time, and, you know, this is a little bit of a correlation, but the game's played at a different pace and tempo now from, from when I was playing. But our, our, our mantra through that period where we came up against sides that were easily better equipped than us, more talented, and on their day they could tear you apart but our our mantra was and and our our mindset was well okay that's fine but we we, where you need to try and find a way is to try and find a way through our resilience because as much as you throw at us we're just going to keep defending we'll keep getting up and we'll keep going and we'll uh, um, ask answer every question that you're throwing at us but it's, it's it's a battle of mental power here because we know that we can't compete against your strike power, but we certainly can with a bit of uh, we can with a bit of heart and a bit of culture and a bit of you know you look at your mate beside you and and he's just made three tackles on the bounce and you're thinking, geez mate you're you're all right grab him by the collar and pull him up and go you can make a fourth come on and I'm with you and that 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 is what in essence and you know I'm sure that people who are tuning in, who watch the Crusaders from outside of the Crusaders franchise and go, what the hell is the, are these guys about? Or people that are from within that franchise will say, yes, I see that. And how do they get that? And the one thing that I will say, a great captain of mine, a great player and a great person, um, he probably struggled to get that out of the players, was Todd Blackadder. Um, and, and I think he'd probably be the first to admit it, that, he had that hard-nosed approach, but he didn't quite find that little niche that went missing for a bit where the Crusaders weren't winning titles. Like, if you look at Toddy's record, honestly, you boil it down. Like, Google him as a coach of the Crusaders, and he could coach any super team in the comp um, with the record that he formulated. But the only thing he didn't do, I think he only missed out on the on the finals one year of his tenure. The rest of the time he's in the semis or a final, he didn't win the final, and that that that's the difference between um, being replete with, you know, getting to a semi-final season was good. We're happy. Crusaders now not happy with that. You have to be winning finals, and Scott Robertson tapped into that again, went back to a little bit of old school, and that's the difference. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, you know, I think um, it's interesting you you make that point about Blackadder because I remember having conversations with people and just thinking, how is he? And, and this may be down more to the All Black coaching than to than to him and and, and his options. But you know, with mm. pretty much the All Black tight five, Richie McCaw and Dan Carter, it's like, how are you not winning this every year? Exactly, and they were playing good rugby, but I remember seeing games under his tenure where. The Crusaders uh, leaked points and leaked tries 
where they usually wouldn't. And I know you're thinking, well, how the hell do you sort of break that down? But I, I remember actually yeah, working the games and commentating on the games and thinking this is a time usually where the Crusaders will bar up and they won't be broken. And they conceded easier than what they had done previously and historically. And th- th- it's nothing, mate. Like when you're talking percentages, it's it's 3 or 4%, 5% max. But it's significant where you're looking at this competition where it is now and even when he was coaching of that 4 or 5% is massive in a game where you don't concede – where you do stand up, you do defend, or you do attack, and you do take that opportunity. And that's very evident. Like, the, the, the games at the weekend really show that for people that are listening, thinking, well, where are you really going with this? Well, I'll say, you know, the, the Highlanders were one point within the Crusaders at the 68th minute, uh, and the Hurricanes were, I don't know, something like 12, 13, 14 points, whatever it might be, behind the Blues with 12 or 13 minutes to go. At that stage of both of those games, one team for that basically 10-minute uh, period have to stand up and, and they have to know what they're very good at. And the Crusaders in the past have been very good at that 10-minute period or that period before half time or just after half time of putting points on or when the opposition are on a real roll. You know, we've got Lomu, Cullen, Umanga, um, coming at us, you know, uh, Uramir, whatever it might be, the Hurricanes are a magnificent side. We just told ourselves, we got together and went, boys, they've had the ball for 15 minutes and they still haven't broken us. Look at them. They're fatigued from attacking us and they've got no confidence out of the fact that they haven't been able to get across the try line. Hang in there and they'll go away and then we'll have our moment. And I think just that little period that Toddy had them, they just lost that 5%. And that's harsh. Because like I said, like mate, the Blues, any any country, uh, any province, I should say, or franchise in the country would have taken Todd as a coach, given his record. Um, he's just the basic victim of the incredible success and the, the the expectations that the Crusaders now have for that franchise. When you were talking about that, about you know looking at uh, Cullen and Lomu and Umanga and Uramira and mm-hmm. all those guys attacking, and and you know for saying fifteen minutes about the ball, they haven't been able to do it. I could hear the collective wince of all those Hurricanes fans around the country remembering <laughs> that. I could hear it. Could hear it, Marshy. Yep. They're loving it. They did get us a few times, Ricardo. Don't worry about that. But <laughs> you know, we, we, we look at the end of the day, it's a concession. Like we, we conceded when we went into a game like that with their firepower. And look, don't underestimate the likes of that backline had really quality players that you know probably fade from your memory. Like Jason Spice, who you know was an All Black. Um, you know David Howell, who was the ten. You know, they, they had players across the board, Philo Tia Tia. Um, they, 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 were, they were a real good side um, that, that they did get to us sometimes, but we couldn't compete with them because of that talent. Like, we had a good side. You know, there was a period, yes, that we probably had more talent than them, but through a certain stage of, um, you know, the, the, the I guess the process, they were a better team, but... We had a we had a slightly better mindset of how we could beat that talent, and man, that's not an easy thing to go into a game with. Going, oh man, those guys are pretty good, like, <laughs> but we can still get them. 
Yeah, yeah, indeed. This is In the Red with Justin Marshall, Ricardo Ball, talking the Crusaders. And speaking of Crusaders, our one-year-old teammates, Corey Flynn's going to join us up next, Marshy. No doubt you've got a bunch of questions for him about Shiloh Klein and a, and a few others. So we'll get into that next here on In the Red on SENZ. Shop the biggest health and beauty brands in-store or online at the lowest prices every day at Chemist Warehouse. In the Red, talking Crusaders rugby with Justin Marshall and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. It's 7.17 here on In The Red with Ricardo Ball, Justin Marshall. We've got a Domatech Cool Ice WCI 33 Roto Moulded Icebox. Holds three, 33 litres and keeps the ice for days uh, to give away this weekend on the Rugby Run with me and Marshy. If you match Marshy and pick his player of the round, uh, joining us now uh, to talk about the uh, Crusaders, a man that's probably emptied the odd Cool Ice box in his day, uh, Corey Flynn. G'day, Corey. How are you, mate? All right? <laughs> Gee whiz. Yeah, no, you're, you're probably right there. Yeah, well, it would have been full <laughs> no, of fish, good, mate, off a fishing boy, trip, obviously. <laughs> of course, of course. Of course, mate. Hey, thanks very much for joining us, mate. Uh, obviously, uh, the Crusaders uh, have started with two wins uh, from two games, but they maybe put you through the ringer a little bit late in the Hurricanes game and early in the Highlanders game. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, I suppose the Crusaders have always been slow starters at the at the start of the season, but, um, you know, I, I suppose, and then you look what the Hurricanes did to the Blues, they come home strong two times in a row, so, um, but they've got to be happy with the way that they're tracking in terms of, you know, um, the when, when they start getting getting into the groove of things, I mean, their, their set piece, which is usually a, which is usually a, a, a stronghold for them, is, is going well, and it's giving that, uh, that pretty electric backline um, some, some, Good, uh, good platform to work off. Hey, Flinny, Marshy here, mate. Thanks so, so much for joining us. I know you're just out of F45, sweating off those extra kilos <laughs> that no doubt you've uh, been putting on during the summer. <laughs> but don't worry, you're not alone in that. Um, hey, look, look, I want to crack straight into it, mate. Um, and it's probably just slightly out of your scope. But I wanted to ask you about that, that loose Ford mix. Now, obviously, you were involved with the Crusaders when... Like that loose forward trio was unbelievable and it was hard to select. Uh, yeah. But now you've sort of added Pablo Matera into the mix. Um, you know, got Christy going pretty well. But, like, what, are you, what have you made of the way that, that that combo is working? They have lost some players from there. Do you think that the synergy's there from what you know the Crusaders loose forwards are like in the past? Um, not at the moment. Um, you know, I, I think... I, I... Um, I think Pablo's going to take a little bit of time to to um, to get into the groove of things. But, you know, that first game that he played, I thought he was outstanding. Um, you know, whether that was uh, whether that was the old Argentinian emotion, Argentinian emotion, you know, just sort of yeah. sort of coming out. But um, and then yeah, the last week he he just wasn't wasn't his uh, same dynamic self. But you know, I, I think given time, um, you know, we we know he's a world class player, so. Um, and then you've got then you've got young Christy there. He's, like all accounts, his uh, his fitness is through the roof, and you know he's got he, he's got a huge ticker on him. So, um, but he's been out of the game a little bit as well. So he, I mean, you know, he needs a little bit of time. But you know, then you've got Ethan Blackadder that's just sitting in the wings. I mean, I yeah. I, I want to see him go. You know. Um, I, I think he's a fantastic, he's a fantastic player, and um, you know he just come on leaps and bounds last year, and 
you know, uh, he'll just he'll just be sitting there ready to go. In, t- in terms of their their pattern and the way they've evolved and the way that Razor's tweaking it along with his other coaches, like from when you you were sitting in that mix, um, have you seen many changes, you know, like where the pods are sitting? Um, you know, obviously you've got the freedom to sort of sit at times in that outside channel two on from the wing or whatever. Is yeah. Is the evolution good from what you can see in terms of their game pattern? Yeah, it's, uh, I suppose it's all reliant on it's all reliant on your drivers and picking right spots. Mm. You know, any pattern that you any pattern that you do is going to work as long as you've got nice quick ball and front foot ball. You know, um, the, the, you look at the you look at the way that the northern hemisphere, you know, France, for instance, the way that they're defending with um, with that uh, huge pressure D. Sometimes, sometimes the southern hemisphere, you know, you get caught because you can't get that front foot ball. But the way that southern hemisphere teams d up, um, you know, we 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 actually get a lot of front foot ball and, and quick ball. So um, I, I think it's great. You know, like the the patterns that they're playing. I mean, you, you know, Razor when when he was playing, he was always for the offload, and he, he coaches <laughs> that, and he he loves the boys expressing themselves. So. Um, just getting out there and, and using that natural natural skill and, and and that offloading and everything like that, you know, um, it, it's great to see. It's uh, you know, it's, I mean, it's pretty pleasing when you see uh, the big boys throwing balls out the out the back like Sonny Bill. Having played overseas yourself and seen the trouble, and I know you're aware of this, mate, because you know the game well. That that outside in defence causes us where we where we get players. From the outside, stepping into it, into the into the vision of our playmakers and, and shutting us down like they did in the northern hemisphere and like you would have experienced playing over there. Mm-hmm. Does it surprise you that with that the teams like say for example at the weekend you watch the Highlanders play the Crusaders? Why you know there's a lot of All Blacks in the Crusaders mix. Why teams don't do it to us in this part of the world? Like why we don't actually adopt? It shuts us down that much. Yeah, I, I think, mate. To be honest, is because it's so foreign to us. Um, you know, I mean, we never we never trained it that much in the uh, in the All Blacks when when I was there. Uh, we never trained it uh, at all, really, in the Crusaders. And I was like a I was like a duck out of water when I went overseas, and and they were wanting man on defense just um, outside yeah. in, and it was like. Holy shit! It, was, it just went against everything uh, that I, that, you know, that I'd been brought up doing, and, yeah. um, and so I think I think the the amount of time to actually put into it and change uh, the thinking um, sort of uh, it would take it would take a fair while, and I, and I think you know like um, whether I, I don't know whether Warren Gatlin tried to do something similar with the with the Chiefs um, when he was when he was in charge, but. You know, there's there's something there. Like you've got to be prepared to um, to actually lose, I suppose, to, to to change things and and be prepared to lose. Uh, you know, in a, in a cutthroat tournament like the Super Rugby, uh, you know, it's it's a, it's a big gamble to take, especially when you know you're playing against like-minded teams. Um, yeah, but you know, I mean, if if someone's got enough. Uh, uh, enough courage and stuff to do it, then it could be it could be a game changer. Corey, well, uh, typically, mate, it would be 
against my best uh, intentions to not talk to you about the front row since we've got, we've got you on the show. Um, <laughs> like Brody McAllister has stepped in, you know, with with Cody not being there. Um, like that 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 front row of the Crusaders is obviously, and that tight five in general is always strong. Uh, what what have you made of them? What have you made of the law um, sort of interpretations this year, where they're trying to speed the scrums up? Do you think it's been good? And do you think the Crusaders are heading in the right direction up front? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, you know, you, you you've obviously got the um, the, the starting ones of, of Joe and Brody and and uh, Ollie there, and you know you've got young Tamati Williams coming on, and mm. um, Shiloh Klein's Shiloh Klein's putting in a uh, putting his a good foot forward as well. You know, with with um, Cody being out there, so um, not being out there. So, you know, the the new inter- interpretations. I mean, scrum's always going to be a nightmare um, when you've got when you've got two massive juggernaut pats just trying to get the wood over each other. You know, you you haven't got um, the ability to really dominate um, as such on the impact now because uh, everything's so close and and stuff. So you've got to be so much more um, technically sound. That's where, obviously, having having the beauty about, you know, with Jace Ryan and, and stuff, uh, who really looks after that area, and you know, the boys take pride in it because for years it's uh, it's been it's been the Crusaders' stronghold. So, um, you know, they they take great pride in it. Whether it be you know Joe Moody, Owen Franks, you know, anyone that's leading that scrum just um, just loves it. So, um, I think they are trending in the right direction, you know, and. Um, I mean, that's, uh, I love the scrum. I know, I know you hate it, mate, but um, <laughs> but uh, us forwards, we love it. <laughs> well, mate, hey, as always, appreciate your insight. It's great to have you on the show, and thanks for joining us. It would, um, would be remiss of me not to give you the shits about something before I let you go. So I'll just let you know, because I know you're a big, strong Southland boy, that tomorrow I've managed to get myself on a charter boat heading out for the first day of Bluff Oysters out into the Fovo Strait. Apparently we're going to get some oysters, some craze, a bit of blue cod, maybe some tuna out there as well. So, um, yeah, just just thought I'd just sort of whet your appetite with that before I let you go. No, of course you have. I mean, you know, if there's anyone that can snake his way onto a boat like that, it'd be you. <laughs> cheers, Flinny. <laughs> All right, boys, cheers. Yes, Corey Flynn there with us, and uh, yeah, yeah Marshy sending. I, I noticed there was no invite extended there, Marshy. But I will supply you with uh, whatever I managed to bring back, Ricardo, which would probably be bugger all. But anyway, if there's any leftovers, I'll get them on a whatever you call it courier with ice. I, I expect um, about three cans of spates to turn up. Is that, yes, that'll be about what's left over. Yeah, 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 exactly, mate, exactly. Uh, this has been In the Red on SENZ, Ricardo Ball, Justin Marshall with you, Marshy. Our t- uh, SENZ tipping comp, I can tell you that you are currently seventh overall. Out of how many? Out of 66. Ooh. So and where bad. are you? Uh, I'm 34th. Okay, so, all right. So you're ahead of well, me, but... You're obviously taking uh, on board everything that I say. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, but, but putting me crook. But the daggers are ahead of you. Ah, uh, the... yeah, but he's he's a guesser. He's a guesser. So oh. that'll eventually catch up with him. Don't worry about that. Um, right. I'm methodical, so I'm happy at seventh. You know, just don't want to be the front runner. Just sort of sitting in the pack at the moment, but the front of the pack. Yeah, totally, totally. But you got to time your run. Yep, time your run. Good stuff, Marshy. Go well, mate, and enjoy the uh, enjoy your weekend, eh? Thank you, and thanks to everybody listening out there. We'll um, see you on the Sunday for the uh, 
the big wrap-up of Super Rugby and uh, looking forward to what the round provides this weekend. Some big games coming up. Yeah, massive, massive. The rugby run between one and three with myself and Marshy on Sunday afternoon right here on SENZ. Up next, Peter Alatini joins us. It is Pacific Flair looking at all things Moana Pacifica. Charles Reichelman is going to join us and we're going to pay tribute to a couple of greats that left us in the last week.